A new week begins on this uh, fine Monday morning. Thank you for joining us. And the week begins with a humbling question about shipwrecking the faith. What does it look like to make shipwreck of the faith? What are some personal examples of faith failing? Why does it happen? How do people shipwreck their faith? It's a sobering topic and a common question in the inbox represented well by this question from a listener named Andrew. Hello, Pastor John. Thank you for the Ask Pastor John podcast. The Apostle Paul talks about some who have made shipwreck of their faith in 1 Timothy 1.19. In the next verse, Paul singles out Hymenaeus and Alexander, both of whom appear to have been professing Christians at some point earlier. According to 1 Timothy 1.20, what did they do and how do people shipwreck their faith today? Jesus and Paul and Peter and the writer to the Hebrews all of them, describe people who make a seemingly good start in the Christian life and then reject what they once claimed to believe. Sometimes this first conditions, first state, is called faith and then is shown to be unreal faith. Faith without works is dead. You could call it dead faith, James would say. Sometimes it's called knowing the way of righteousness and then forsaking it. But in the end, the New Testament teaches that it is possible to make a start in the Christian life, perhaps a very long start, and then throw it away and be lost. Not that God ever loses any of his children or any of his elect. He keeps them according to 1 Corinthians 1.9, 1 Thessalonians 5.24, Philippians 1.6, Romans 8.30. In fact, here's what Romans 8.30 says. Those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. None of those that God predestines and calls and justifies, will ever be lost. Those he calls, he keeps. That's what those verses teach. But Jesus said in the parable of the soils that the third soil represents those who make a beginning in the discipleship, and then they fall away. As for what fell among thorns, he says, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. That's Luke 8, 14. Notice what their downfall was. They they seem to make a good beginning, but the cares and riches and pleasures of life are their downfall. I want to take note of that because I'm going to come back to that when I finish looking at all these five instances. What about Paul? So that's Jesus. What about Paul? According to Philemon 1.24, Demas was Paul's fellow worker along with Luke. So Demas must have looked enough like a true Christian to actually pass muster for Paul. Now, he's, his standards are really high. Remember yeah. John Mark? He, he wouldn't even let John Mark go with him the second time, but he's got Demas as his partner. 
And later, in 2 Timothy 4.10, Paul writes, Demas, in love with this present age, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Notice again the reason for for the failure, the, the shipwreck. Love for this age, this world. Third, the text that Andrew, in asking this question, is talking about is 1 Timothy 1, 19. So here's, here's 18 to 20. Wage the good warfare, Timothy, holding faith in a good conscience by rejecting this, and that this refers most immediately to the good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith, among whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander. Now notice again, what's the root cause of the shipwreck? Rejecting a good conscience. Number four, what about Peter? What does Peter say? Here's Second Peter 2.20. If after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. What's the problem? Why did they make shipwreck? Entangled again in the defilement of the world. And finally, number five, given these five illustrations, uh, from the book of Hebrews, here's Hebrews uh, 3, 12 to 14. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving. Now, he's talking to brothers. Did you get that? Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceit of sin, for we have come to share in Christ if we hold fast our original confidence firm to the end. What's the danger? Deceitfulness of sin. So, I think what Paul means by making shipwreck of faith is this kind of defection from professing faith. A person makes a beginning in the Christian life, Perhaps he himself and those around him think it's a real beginning. And then he abandons the whole thing. The ship of faith shatters on the rocks. And what's really striking in all five of these descriptions of shipwreck is that the rocks on which the faith shatters are not intellectual problems Mm. with Christianity. They're not problems with reason. They're not problems with historicity. In every single case, it's a problem with the heart's preference for sin. Number one, shipwreck of the third soil in Jesus' parable is owing to riches and pleasures of life. Two, The shipwreck of Demas is owing to a love for this present age. Three, the shipwreck of Hymenaeus and Alexander is owing to rejecting a good conscience. Four, the shipwreck of those who escape defilements in 2 Peter is that they become entangled with 
the defilements of the world. Five, the warning against shipwreck in Hebrews 3 is a warning against the deceitfulness of sin. From this, I conclude that even though there may be real intellectual struggles, say, with the historical truthfulness of the Bible or with the justice of the ways of God, nevertheless, most shipwreck of faith is not at root intellectual, but rather because I want what I want and Christianity is in the way. So let's let's pray for those who have turned away, not only that they would see the way of truth as true, but that they would delight in the way of holiness. Yes, may they delight in the way of holiness. Thank you, Pastor John. And uh, there's another angle to this discussion because those who make a shipwreck of their faith those who love the world and abandon Christ for it, those people introduce tremendous pain into families, into friendships, into local church communities, and pain into the lives of the ministries of, of those people that they leave behind. Mm-hmm. Now, we get a sense of how deep these wounds go from the life and ministry of the Apostle Paul. Next time, we're going to look at his testimony and the relational pain he faced in the ministry as a result of those making shipwreck of the faith. That's next time. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. We'll see you back here on Wednesday.